Hello everybody, welcome to The Coaching Conversation. I'm Graham Wiley and I've been coaching business leaders for the last two decades. In this series, we're going to explore some of the things I've seen and learned in that two decades and hopefully help you see how you can become more focused, more effective and hopefully happier in your life. So, it's now time to sit back, relax and enjoy The Coaching Conversation. Hello everybody and welcome to this edition of The Coaching Conversation. My subject for today is coaching people who have a problem with conflict and I'll talk about what I mean by conflict in a second but one of the most important starting points for the coach with a a coachee who wants help with managing some conflict is for the coach not to become embroiled in the conflict, to not allow him or herself to take a side in the conflict that says the coachee is clearly right and whoever the other person is is clearly wrong or otherwise. It's not about siding with anybody in the conflict. It's about helping the coachee work the best possible solution to whatever that problem is. So what is conflict? Often when I'm coaching um, a business leader, business owner and executive, the conflict is really uh, an inability to get on with a key member of the team. Sometimes it's external, you know, a customer or a key supplier, but that's very rarely the issue. It's much more often closer to home. And in days gone by, we've called that interpersonal skills. We now call it emotional intelligence. And the truth is, it's about making the best of a difficult situation between two people. It is an inevitable fact of life that colleagues working together will have different personal agendas. That's just self-evidently going to be the case. And given that those agendas are not necessarily going to be very well aligned, there are going to be points where those agendas cross and there's going to be conflict. And the way in which those two individuals collaborate at that moment will drive the relationship that that generates. It could be a very positive process or it could be a very negative process. And often when it's a negative process, it's rinse and repeat. It keeps happening. So oftentimes when I'm coaching somebody who has set themselves a goal of improving a relationship with a key individual, the first thing I have to do is to help them unpack the reasons for the conflict. Why is it that this person makes the hairs on the back of their neck stand up? What is it about this person's behaviour that they take exception to? When you've identified the causes, you can then start to work on the what ifs. What if you approached it differently? What if you put yourself in their shoes and understood what their drivers are and why are they thinking the way that that they are? Why indeed they're behaving the way that they are? 
The simple truth is most people do not seek conflict. Most people don't get out of bed in the morning, go to work thinking, yeah, I'm going to have a row with him or her or them. It's, it's not, it just isn't the normal state of affairs. And so if there is a conflict, if there is a routine, regular disagreement or inability to find agreement between two people, that there, there will be root causes and therefore you can explore them in a way which enables you to try to find a compromise or a workaround or a, a win-win if, that, if one of those exists. Now, in a number of coaching models, whether it's Shazad Shamin's positive intelligence or whether it's emotional intelligence, the starting point for this is empathy. As I said a moment ago, try and understand their perspective on the subject. Give time to thinking through what it is that's in their mind important and, and why therefore that differs to you. Because clearly when you've got to that point, you also know what the point of difference is and you can see if there's a way of bridging the gap. Or indeed, deciding whether it's really important to you in the first place. Perhaps perhaps you're conflicting over things that really you just don't care about. You don't care about. And so by unpacking the reasons for the conflict, the background to the conflict, you can find, nine times out of ten, new ways to move forward, new ways to tackle potential conflict. That then leads to encouraging the coachee during the course of the programme to try these new ways out and see which works and, and which don't. And by reliving those experiences through the coaching sessions, you can build on what's working and make further progress and further steps. The conflict itself often feeds on itself. So if you've got a bad relationship with somebody, guess what? You're going to keep having a bad relationship with someone. If you know you're going to go into a meeting with someone who's always difficult, guess what? You're going to turn up expecting it to be difficult and you're halfway to it being difficult already. And so by taking a different view of that person by taking a different stance about that meeting you will begin the process of stopping this rinse and repeat cycle and again even if it is you as the coachee that are making the first steps taking the first steps to changing behavior that's not a concession that's not a sign of weakness it's a sign of acumen it's a sign of good intent. It, it's a sign that you're actually really valuing the good bits of the relationship with that person. One of the brilliant pieces of learning I've had recently from the Positive Intelligence Programme is the concept that even if I don't agree with what someone is saying, about 10%, at least 10% of what they say is probably right. And if I focus on that 10%, as opposed to the 90% I don't agree with, if I focus on that 
I'm going to get a foundation on which I can build. And if I can find a way of coming together, even if it's only on 10%, there's a much better chance of that relationship being turned on its head and, and turned into a positive engagement as opposed to a negative engagement. Now, I'm not pretending that you're going to be best buds. I'm not pretending that you're going to be best friends forever. I don't mean that. But I started with the word conflict. If you can turn conflict into at least a compromise, that's much better. That's a significant step forward. The other aspect is that there's a knock-on effect. Not only does everybody feel better and we get better outcomes, but the spectators to this conflict are impressed by the way in which two mature adults have found a way of working together and dealing with what was previously a very negative, very unpleasant place to be. Now, conflict can come at you in, in a, as a coach with your coachee from peers. They can have a, a problem with people on the same level. It can be subordinates, clearly. And that's often goes into management skills and how they lead their people. And it can be a boss. And I guess it's 50-50 how many um, boss relationships we deal with versus peers and subordinates. There's often a problem with someone managing their boss. And it's because of this lack of understanding or lack of time given to understanding what the other person's agenda is, what the other person's objectives are, and worrying more about your agenda and your objectives that's at the root of the disagreement. Conflict also takes a whole heap of different shapes. It can be just a toe-to-toe, -to nose-to-nose disagreement. It can be irritating, low-level, continuous criticism. And that could just be in emails or schneid remarks. It could be it only happens when the person's not in the room. They only do it by the written word or on the phone. They can't do it when they're face-to-face -face with you. And so as a coach, equally helping the coachee understand the way in which the conflict manifests gives them more insight as to how they might tackle it. Clearly, snide remarks in the meeting need to be challenged. They need to be called out, not in an aggressive way, but in a, I didn't really understand what you just said. Could you explain that to me? A situation where they won't look you in the eye, but they'll do it over the phone. Again, it can be called out. When it comes to continuously aggressive emails or tones of email, just explain to them what that makes you feel. And it may not even have been intentional. They may just be careless in the way in which they write things. And bringing it to their attention may change their behaviour. It, it may not, but it may do. So there we have it. As a coach, I regularly, in probably nearly every coaching programme, there is an element of conflict that the coachee wants some help with. It's perfectly normal. It's perfectly um, regular that this happens. 
And it starts with the coach not adopting a posture of agreeing or disagreeing with the conflict with the coachee. Absolute straight down the middle. Unpack what's causing the problem. Unpack how it shows up. And encouraging the coachee to think about it from the other person's perspective. Find that 10% that's definitely right. And building on that and finding the compromises, finding the bridges to be built that enable the relationship to be rebuilt or constructed in a more positive way. So there you have it. The latest edition of The Coaching Conversation. Hope you found it interesting. Hope you found it useful. You can find out more about our coaching programs at theexecutivemindset.co.uk. If you want to reach out, you can send me an email at theexecutivemindset at sagegreen.com. You can book a free 30-minute session at theexecutivemindset.co.uk, which will give you a really good feel for how coaching could help you. And if you've really enjoyed the session, do please rate us, do please give us a review. And nothing more for me to say other than see you next time.